Well, hey, Pathway family. This is Pastor Brian, your lead pastor, and I'm with you via video today. And as we just watched in that sermon bumper, we're in a series called This is Pathway, talking about what does it mean to be in community and live on purpose together. And I'm on video today because my family, somebody within my family, has tested positive for COVID in the last week. And so we're following CDC guidelines, and and as we do that, we want to keep everyone safe. And so I'm via video, and I'm also experiencing within Pathway the kind of love and support in community that really is what a church is all about. We want to just say as a Bennett family, there's six of us, thank you for all of your prayers and support over the last week. As we continue to lean into what does it mean for us to be who we are as a church, today I'm talking to you uh, about made new, this bigger picture of a God who enters into our life through his son, Jesus Christ, and makes us new. We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 if you want to turn there. But as we go that direction, this is a time that we're getting clarity New eyes, new heart, new mind around what our God is doing at Pathway. And our mission, just to remind you, is to love God and love all people in our Pathway. And as I said, our family's been experiencing your love. We're also hearing stories already of how people like you and people that call Pathway their church home are going out and sharing God's love in our community. We unveiled this incredible initiative. I hope you're as excited about it as I am. Uh, Love 100, maybe you noticed. Uh, Today, you can get your Love 100 kits. If you're online with us, you can stop by the office anytime to get them. But if you're here in person today, you can stop by the cafe. We've had a thousand kits prepared to go out into the community to say, we're going to love God and love all people in our pathway. We're going to love 100. And as we do this together, we're already beginning to hear some really cool stories. People that is under 10 years old that have already gone around their neighborhood. People over 60 that have done the same thing. We've heard a story of somebody that was in a restaurant talking to a server who was brand new to the community, happened to be looking for a church. Happened, right? And and they had the kit and was able to invite them to Easter. We even heard a story recently in the last couple days of somebody who had the kits ready, thought it was for one person, and in their pathway, they noticed somebody who who was homeless. And as they actually went around the person and then later encountered the person again, they realized God was saying, I want you to see them. I want you to love them because they are in your pathway. And so God is doing a new thing here. And as we get into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, The Apostle Paul begins the letter by pointing us to heaven, pointing us to this reality that when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we have a heavenly home, and we're eagerly anticipating that and waiting on Jesus' return. But at the same time, he's left us here. And Jesus himself prayed that we would experience heaven on earth, that God's will would be done on earth. And so Paul gets into, as we pick up in verse 12, what it looks like for us to begin living out our faith as a people who have been made new. Let's take a look at this, picking up in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12. Says, Paul says, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us. 
so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might, not, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Paul's saying he's made new if he's in Christ. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. As we break this down today, Paul is dealing directly with this reality of attention that the leaders were experiencing. As they saw the gospel expanding and Jesus' love being shared, they're looking at Paul, and at some level, they're measuring Paul by human standards. Paul, in fact, is not one of those leaders that's boasting about his credentials or his titles or the things that are available to him in the world. He's actually saying, listen, I'm not going to get caught up in boasting about those things. I, I want you to see my heart, my sincere heart that is all about Jesus. Uh, recently, we had an annual meeting, and it was a great family meeting. And as we did that, one of the things I shared is, yes, I have a title. It's Reverend Doctor. Even saying that just sounds so strange for me, because if you know me, I'm a Christ follower first and foremost. I am all about following Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, I also then use whatever he's given me to help lead others. And so Paul, in the same way, is saying, listen, don't get caught up in the outward appearances and the titles. And, and, and haven't we all been in that situation where, where you've been around somebody who everything is about their, their title or what they've done versus who they are and what God's doing inside of them? This is what I love about what Paul is saying is he's getting into this and trying to shift their view to what God has made new. He's trying to help them see that it's really about what's going on in the heart, that that's where Jesus and the Holy Spirit begins to root and regenerate us and make us new. Let me read to you again, verse 12 and 13. It says, we are not commending ourselves to you again, again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. Verse 13, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God if we are in our right mind, it is for you. Paul is saying, listen, love, the logic of love is greater than the love in the world. That, that actually God's love, the logic of love is way greater than what's in the world. He, he's saying, in fact, in another translation that his love, that he's compelled, he's controlled by Christ's love. When we begin to get that kind of love flowing through our lives, we begin to do things that do look crazy to those around us. Things that maybe don't make sense logically, but because of love, they're what God is calling us to do and live. And it's because we first experienced Jesus' love for us. That's really the starting point in so many ways is to realize that he looks at you and I and says, listen, 
I've forgiven you. I want to fill you. I want to make you new. And then that begins to flow out of us. Came across a story in preparing for this message of a woman overseas who had won a contest. And in winning that contest, she actually won a three-week all-expense-paid trip around the world. Can you imagine? Like, how great would that be? And, and so she wins this trip, but actually ends up not going on the trip to stay home with a neighbor, with a friend, to help care for her. A reporter heard the story and was really pressing, like, are you crazy? Why would you give up a three-week trip of a lifetime to stay with a neighbor who's going through surgery? Why would you do that? Here was her response. In giving up this trip, she finally, in talking to this reporter, said this. She said, all right, you really want to know? You think I'm crazy? But what none of you know, and I wasn't going to tell you, is that what she, my friend, my neighbor, did for me three years ago. You see, I was on drugs, she said, and I couldn't stop. It got worse and worse. My family threw me out. She was the only person who looked after me. She sat up all night again and again and talked me through it. She mopped me down when I threw up. She changed my clothes. She took me to the hospital. She talked to the doctor. She made sure I was coming through it. She helped me with the court case. She even helped me get a job. She, she loved me, the woman said. So do I have any choice? Now that she's sick herself, it's the least thing I can do is to stay with her. That's far less than she did for me. You see, this is what love does. It's a love that, that so grips our hearts when we experience it. We may look crazy. The world may not understand it. But because we've made new, we can't help but be compelled to share that kind of love. Now, notice what Paul says as we go on here about what that love does and where it comes from. This is the gospel itself. Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore regard no one according to the flesh, one translation talks about actually having a different, different eyes. We no longer uh, see people through our human point of view. It says, even though we once regarded Christ, verse 16, according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. You see, Scripture teaches us that we are actually a new creation, a new creature in Christ. Because Jesus died and was raised again, he, he offers us life. And that life regenerates us. This is not like a recycle project where something gets repurposed and reused as something else. This is actually Jesus through the Holy Spirit then indwelling us. It's called a rebirth or a regeneration. And in what God does is he begins to literally recreate us as that new creation, that we're made new. When the gospel begins to do that in our life, the good news of Jesus, it changes everything. And the original language there around this new creation or this new creature, it's actually used a few times throughout the Bible. 
And in, in particular, in the New Testament, we see it in Romans chapter 1 with the act of creating. We see it again in uh, Mark chapter 13 with the sum of created things. And we see it again in Romans chapter 8 where it's a created thing or creature. The same Greek word, the original word, is used in each of those spots. And so again, when we think about this, it isn't our, our good works. It isn't us changing ourselves. It's us receiving the life of Jesus, the gospel, this new creation that begins to come out of us. One of the things that's so exciting in the life of a church is baptism. And when I think of verse 17, that the old is gone and the new has come, I can't help but think about those that may be considering baptism right now. You may have heard that on April 18th, we're going to have baptisms here at Pathway. We're going to keep it COVID friendly, but we are going to celebrate what God is doing. And as you consider that, baptism really for the believer it is a profession of our faith. It's sharing outwardly, publicly, what God has done on the inside. That, that in fact, as Jesus went to the cross and laid down his life, when we go under the water, we're saying our old life is dead. It's gone. My agenda, my plans, the things that I live for, the, the things that maybe I did wrong, that Jesus, in fact, forgave and set me free of those. And as I come up out of the water, I mean, it's like Jesus coming out of the tomb, right? It's this resurrection life that he offers you and I, that we're declaring through baptism that we are literally made new. I want to encourage you, if you're praying or thinking about baptism, to sign up today. You can go to our website and just pathwayvb.com slash baptism and, and get information or kick us an email at hello at pathwayvb.com. We would love to give you more information and have you be a part of that incredible celebration on April 18th. For those of us that have been baptized already, let me just remind you, when Paul says that we're made new, that we're this new creation, he's getting at a heart, right? That's what verse 12 and 13 talked about is this, this heart that's made new. That he's even willing to not, he's not worried about people approval. He's not worried about what's going on, the normal comparisons. He's saying, look at my heart, because his heart had been made new. It's also our view that is made new. That in fact, Jesus makes us new in how we see the world around us. And this is so important because oftentimes we can be missing things. I was reminded the other day that, uh, that actually, if, if you look at the FedEx logo, there's actually an arrow in the FedEx. I encourage you, take a look next time the truck shows up and see if you can see the arrow that's designed right into the logo that's pointing to the right. You'll never unsee it once you see it. Now, let me show you something I came across on social media. This is actually a picture where there is an animal in the picture. And so as we take a look at this, I looked and I looked and I looked and I could not see it. I tried so hard. I hate being fooled on things, right? And so I tried to see what was in this picture and I could not. And finally, I had to, to cheat and get help. And so here's the next picture where you actually see the animal, which is this cougar that is camouflaged brilliantly within the landscape. In so many ways, when... Paul is saying in verse 16, 
that we no longer view people from a human point of view. It's these eyes that are made new that begin to see the world around us, not through our lenses, not through the lenses that news or social media or family of origin or where we grew up, not through those lenses, but through the lenses of Jesus and how he views people. I just want to encourage us to allow Jesus to make us new in every way in this season, to even renew not just our heart, but our eyes so that we can love everyone that God places in our pathway. As you think about what this means, think about the challenge these people faced. You know, Jesus, as we read, went to the cross. That was a device designed and used by the Roman Empire to humiliate, to torture. It it was something that if somebody hung on a cross, it was considered, even by Jewish law, a curse. And yet now, Jesus took what was cursed and turned it into a blessing. He, He was literally making new everything they had known to say there's something new I'm doing. And it's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Let me read to you out of Galatians chapter 3. Paul says this in verse 13. He says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jesus took the curse and turned it into a blessing. That in fact, part of being made new is receiving all that he has for us. And as Paul goes on, he he begins in the next few verses to talk about this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry of with God and with each other. I don't want to go any further with that, but I want to point you during our series, This is Pathway, Not just to our mission, but to our discipleship pathway. Let me remind you what we're about, which is to connect with God and with others in our weekend services. In addition to that, to grow with God and with others in discipleship relationships. And then to serve with God and with others at Pathway and Beyond. Notice the emphasis on with. That part of it is as our eyes are made new and as we're a new creation, we begin to recognize that Jesus took the curse and turned it into a blessing. And as Galatians 3.14 said, that blessing, remember what, what was Abram, Father Abraham told in Genesis chapter 12? He, he was told that he would be a blessing to many nations, that in fact God would be with him and that his descendants would be like the sand on a seashore. You see, you and I, when we're made new, are invited into this new relationship with God and with others that is absolutely incredible. It's amazing to be a part of the family of God, to have a new identity, to have a new inheritance, to be able to walk in the freedom of who he created us to be. It is amazing what God does for us. And this this is what the gospel does. We are made new by the gospel, and now we get to do life with. Let me just pause and ask you right now. Can you say that with me? Doing life with. 
Okay, let's try it again. Doing life with. All right, hopefully that went well for you because that's the call of God on our lives is this opportunity through Jesus, through the good news to do life with him. So again, what is the gospel? The gospel is this incredibly good news that Jesus came as the sinless sacrifice, that he died on the cross for our sins, that no matter what we've done, what we've been through, even the mistakes we made today, that his love is absolutely unlimited, unconditional, and is available for us. That scripture teaches us when we look to the cross, when we look to Jesus and we repent of our sins and confess them, that we will be saved. And because Jesus rose, we rise, we're made new. He puts his Holy Spirit inside of us and we are empowered to live the life he created us to live. N.T. Wright, a commentator and theologian and author, he says this about the gospel. He says, the gospel is not just a mechanism for getting people saved. It is the announcement of a love that has changed the world. A love that therefore takes the people who find themselves loved like this and sends them off to live and work in a totally new way. Jesus doesn't just save us. He sends us out with his love to live in a totally new way. This means that we're not just converted in a faith, but we're compelled. That, that literally, when we go back to what Paul said, that he hadn't just been converted to Jesus. He was now so compelled and so controlled by this crazy love that God had put in him that he couldn't help but live a different way, that he was literally made new. So what does this mean for you and I today? I hope in so many ways, it's inviting you to that next place with the Lord. You see, for some of you, you're hearing this gospel good news and you're going, oh, it's clicking, it's making sense. You know, that's my heart more than anything is that we would get back to the simplicity of the gospel and who Jesus is. That we would recognize the offer that God gives us with him and with others. And for some of you, you've been around religion for a very, very long time. Or maybe you were around religion and it didn't taste real good. And maybe it didn't treat you really well. And you just decided enough is enough and you spit it out. I want to tell you, I don't blame you. You see, Jesus did not come to establish a religion. He actually came to restore a people to what does it mean to be reconciled to him and to others, to be the people of God, to be in relationship with him and be in relationship in the family of God. And when we begin to live that, that's what Jesus came for. That's available to each of us today. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the starting point today. That's the moment that I hope that as we are, are closing our service today and as we open the altars, you sense God knocking on the door of your heart. Now, scripture is clear. We just need to answer. We just need to say, 
Yes, here I am. Lord, I need you. I want to receive you. For some of you, it's the act of recommitting and renewing that is needed today. That, that maybe there was a moment where you converted, but you haven't necessarily been compelled. That, that maybe, in fact, God's love met you and converted you, but, but he's calling you to more today. To, to have a heart like Paul is describing that's renewed, eyes that are renewed, a life, a way of living that is made new. See, Jesus doesn't just save us. He empowers us and fills us to live on mission for him. And that mission is likely going to look different than what we would come up with. I was thinking about this the other day, like straight up, like just raw, real. Here's Pastor Brian. If somebody would have told me 14 years ago where I'd be today, I would have said, you're crazy. You done lost your mind. <laughs> there is no way. I had never heard of Vero Beach. I had never heard of Pathway Church. In fact, Pathway has a new name as of three years ago. And so when you look at how God plans, how God orchestrates, part of being made new is following Jesus and saying, listen, it's not about me or my way. It's about your way. It's about what you have for me. Let me read to you Galatians 2.20. And you'll see here what I'm talking about. This is part of how we're made new. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Jesus makes us new as we deny ourselves, as we take up our cross, as we say, I'm yours, have your way. And I believe today, for many of you, is, is going to be a powerful next step moment. Whether you're online or in person, I want to ask you a couple next step questions. I want to ask you first, have you been made new by Jesus and the gospel? Not just one time at conversion, but, but the reality is the gospel is something we need every day. I was telling somebody recently that, that when you think about like the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, and all those things. Like I could have a great Wednesday and be full of peace and joy. But if I don't have those things on Thursday, where is my faith showing up? You see, when we walk with Jesus, he's there every day. And the gospel is meant to make us new every day. So do you have that kind of relationship? Because it's on the table today. It's an invitation. The second next step question is what area of your life, your heart, your view, maybe your living or your lifestyle in general needs to be made new today? My guess is you know exactly the area. Maybe it's an area in your heart that needs to be turned over. Maybe it's a way you're viewing a certain demographic, a certain kind of person in our community or in the world. Maybe. It's a way you've been living that you know God has something better for you. I'm excited because as I pray for us today, I believe that we're going to see God making us new in ways that we could not even have anticipated. So I'm going to pray us into a time to respond. And I hope that 
you will respond to Jesus and whatever he's showing you today because he's ready to make us new. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love, the good news of the gospel. Father, it isn't about the outward appearance, as Paul says. It's about the heart and what you're doing inside of us. Father, we all confess that oftentimes we do it our way and that we miss you. And so, Jesus, I just ask that you would move in a powerful way in this moment, but also as we respond to you at the altars and through worship. Holy Spirit, make us new. Renew our heart, our eyes, our way of living so that we can experience the fullness of all that you have for us. And Father, for anybody stepping into a new relationship with you today, we just celebrate with all of heaven and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen and amen. I'll see you soon, Pathway. Amen. Let's stand together and let's respond. Let's answer the invitation if the Spirit is leading. The altars are open, and I pray God is speaking and you're listening with your heart. Let's respond. In the crushing in the prison, you are making the wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you until you're careful. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing, but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the sunlight, now surrender.
Make me your vessel. And it's, it's, a, it's a cry for help. It's a cry that you're admitting that you need something from the Lord. It's vulnerability. It's transparency. It's saying, God, I need you. I need you in this moment. I need you in my life. Or whatever that is, whatever he's brought to your mind and your heart, you're saying, do it, Lord. Do it in me. So let's sing that chorus again with that in mind and sing along and sing it to him. Sing it out to him. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring the wine out of me. Oh, Jesus, bring the wine out of me. Oh, Jesus, bring the wine out of me. Oh, that we might allow him to do that in us. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a great morning and now afternoon. And uh, we're glad you came to worship with us this morning. If you join us online, I uh, pray the Lord met you where you're at, whether you're at home or wherever you are. We love and miss you. Church, God is good. And uh, I just want you to know, amen, let's give God praise in this time. Yeah. Listen, we're excited about our Love 100 um, project, and our kits are still available in the cafe. Uh, I don't know if there's still shirts available, but earlier today we were selling them, um, so I don't know, but there should be some shirts still available if you want to buy a shirt. 
And, um, but get a kit and go give it to somebody that the Lord laid on your heart. And let's get unchurched, unsaved people into our Easter services. Amen. Uh, that's, I think that's God's heart for us, to, to make disciples, and uh, that's one way we can get them here on Easter Sunday is to give these kits out. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. Also, remember that giving is a, an act of worship, and so there are giving boxes here. You can also give online, and you can text to give. So just make sure as you give that it's a worshipful thing. It's, it's out of generosity and because you love the Lord and because you're excited about what he's doing in this place and in our community. And we love you all, and let me just pray you out. Thank you, Jesus, for Pathway Church. Thank you for these people in this room, these souls represented here and online. God, we pray that you continue to convict us and encourage us and bless us with your word and with your truth. And God, may we uh, not be obligated to follow you, Lord, but we, but, but, but we would want to follow you, Lord. It would be out of the... the compulsion of our hearts and because of our relationship with you that we would want to follow you and see what's next for us and for this church and for this community. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for how it, it uh, pierces bone and marrow and just really drives home things that we need to learn and, and grow in and we can deepen our walk with you. Thank you for what you've done here this morning and we thank you for what you're going to continue to do as we live out uh, our week for you. Now we go in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Now go be the church. Love you all.